Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Every week, I love telling you how grateful I am to you all with your support and all your reaching out and your positive comments and positive reviews. I really, really do appreciate it. If you're new here and you're listening and you haven't subscribed, please do. It takes two seconds to click the subscribe button or follow button. It really helps the podcast a lot. It allows us to be featured and introduced to new listeners and allows us to spread the word pretty much, you know. It means a lot and it really costs you nothing really, two seconds. And if you have an extra few seconds, if you want, you could give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a sweet, short, sweet message review. You can also leave a short and sweet review. That really helps also. And if you want to reach out, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life. You can also email me at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. I want to share some personal stories to you because some of you guys have been reaching out and saying, like, I should share more stories. Uh, yeah, so this week we are going on another adventure. We're going to travel again, try to create memories with my family. If you want to see my videos or pictures with my family, you can check the videos that I create on Instagram. I post some videos there that has like, you know, short videos really, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I am grateful that I'm able to do this and share it with my family. And I hope I could create some more uh, content for you that you guys would like. That's that. Now, let's talk about the episode. Uh, there are some people that are just meant to immigrate. There's something inside them that tell them to just go ahead, leave, fly, leave the nest. And this week's guest is one of them. I invite you to listen to this brave woman story where she discovered early what she wanted to do with her life, and she went after it, despite all the challenges. So let's not waste more time. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is the girl with a contagious smile that is as beautiful as Puja Gupta. Everyone, please welcome Tanya Huria. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure who's Puja Gupta, but yeah, I will take it as a compliment. Thank you so much, Aaron. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You are very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It was like so spontaneous. Mm. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw your, I don't know how I saw your account on Instagram. That's because that's how I usually get my guests, like through Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think I followed you and then uh, you sent up a follow-up follow message like, hey, thank you. And then uh, you were just like kind of chatting and then... Yeah, you approached and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm very chatty. And I also do that too. If somebody follows me on Instagram, I usually send them an email uh, message saying like, hey, thank you for, for joining the community. And mm -hmm. if you need anything, yeah. let me know. I, and I, I don't know. I just like, I just, I appreciate when somebody follows me, you know? No, actually, you know, like Aaron, that, that's, I think, a really good thing. You wouldn't see um, a lot of this like... Um, it's more like you're building your personal brand and I think it's more like customization and it's like very good it feels like you're like you know you're being respected even on online platforms so it's like very personalized and very like heartfelt when someone sends you because imagine you're a mist of everything and then even the admin is like seeing what you what, whoever what is doing or if they're following you so yeah that's 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 nice 
Thank you. I mean, I'm not that smart. You made it sound like I was smart. I don't plan things. I just <laughs> think of things and then I do it. Well, it's it's efforts, right? Uh, yeah, that's one thing I like. I like I like the connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, some people tell me like, oh, you're building a network. I'm like, I guess you can say that. But for me, I'm just like talking to people and maybe someday I'll visit their city and I'll say hi to them, maybe share a beer or two, you mm-hmm. know? And I think it's, it's, nothing is bad about building a network because if you see um, a lot of people on Instagram are actually building a network even if they don't know they are because once you like i guess like a lot of people back in the days they had their facebook profiles like public they didn't even know that a private icon does exist right and mm. everybody was like anybody could see their pictures and photos and videos mm. so it's like anybody can search you they can like watch your profile see anything so yeah that is building a network just because building a network is really connected to um, uh, someone on LinkedIn and approaching you with like, you know, like recruiting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But network is still like network. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I'm. I'm not against it. I'm just like, I like. I don't think of things with an intention. I just do things because I want to oh, yeah, do it. Sure. You know, like but I started like, the podcast. I started the podcast because I wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. You know, if I if something comes up with it, comes out with it, awesome. If not, I'm cool too. I love doing it anyway. Yeah, but like, you know, sometimes people, like, majority of them, they don't understand that even if you have, like, good intention, they must ask you, like, what's in it for you? Like, what's actually in it for you? Like, why are you taking so much effort and your time? Mm. Like, just tell me what's in it for you. And you would be like, no, nothing. It just gives me pleasure, right? Yeah. Talking to people, making new friends. And then that's how it goes. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because it reminded me of something. When I was just starting, and I'm talking about starting, starting. Mm-hmm. Like maybe second week or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. i kind of like running out of people to talk to. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a bit of an introvert, you know? So mm-hmm. I was just like, like how I do now, like I approach people like you on, on online. But it was my, that was my first, first time I was approaching people. And I approached this woman and I was like, hey, would you like to come on the podcast? And she's like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what did she say? She said, um, oh, how much are you going to pay me? Excuse me? You're yeah. not a celebrity. <laughs> I was like... Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm not that big yet. I'm. I, I was just hoping, you know, have a conversation with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Well, because it's my time. It's gonna cost my um, me time, and it's, I'm gonna lose money with them. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, I'm sorry for bothering you. I'm gone. Wow. It was just. But the thing was, I'm been. I've been fortunate that people have been so gracious, like you. You know, when I reach out, like. Most of the time, like most, most of the time, they say yes, and which I'm grateful for. And, you know, I, I think like um, a lot of people, they don't understand that they do have some really inspiring stories. Like, of course, everybody has a unique, you know, unique story to them. But a lot of times when we are like with our friends or family or someone we know from work we particularly don't share like what we have been through because nobody wants to talk about it right Hmm. um we just talk about like um well whatever is happening at work or how is our family doing and all that normal stuff right Hmm. when people say yeah i'm fine but then the actual story behind the word fine and like i think it's really important to like take it out and tell it to people so that like you can be released and other people can benefit from it because they must know and they should know that you know it's it's okay to feel something that you're also feeling mm. yeah it, it, i don't really like using the word but like for the lack of a better word I, like inspiring people like oh if tanya could go to canada and do all this stuff maybe i could do it too Exactly, right? And then 
um, it, it's all like nuances behind those small and little things. But like, I think it's 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 good that people let it out, tell it to like the world, even if they're sharing some details. I think it's it's good, just because like you're sharing something that you have been through like it is a part of your life it has hmm. shaped you in hmm. some certain way definitely so, and people should be just like um they should be proud of like you know from where they have come what they have become i think they should be proud because if that thing didn't happen or you wouldn't be the person that you're today so it it takes it takes courage and it, it is a long way. So I think people should talk about their stories more often than not. Mm -hmm. Amen. Before we get in too deep, why don't you tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you? I can be um, <laughs> reached out to my Instagram handle. So it's T-A-N-Y-A-H-U-R-R-I-A. -R -R That's okay. it. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Speaking of stories and background and whatnot let's mm -hmm. talk about a little bit of you i know you're from delhi india mm -hmm. what brought you to canada so uh, <laughs> i think that that's a really funny question um uh, i have born like you know like i've grown watching like i've like literally grown up watching Disney and then, you know, all those, like, movies and uh, some sort of, like, your portray a life, right? Like, um, I'm not saying, like, India is not a land of opportunities. It's just, like, you have a different perspective, right? Hmm. And everybody I knew, either they did have, like, um, they had some cousins who were, like, overseas or... Um, uh, they had some uncle or aunt or, yeah, some kind of, like, you know, um, third cousins and so on. And when you watch these movies, you're actually, like, you know, like, you dive into them and then you're looking at a life that that, that feels like, like a dream to you, right? Mm -hmm. And then Disney, all that movies. And uh, I think where I'm from, like, a lot of Hollywood movies they're basically um, about people living their American dream, having like a big house and whatnot. And then uh, they're just like happy. And, mm. you know, like overseas, they have this amazing life. And then they're smart. Um, they're sophisticated. And they have this amazing community around them. Yeah. Minus the toxic relatives. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um ever since I was in like I don't know like grade grade five or grade six I was like I uh, like I would tell my parents that you know I'm, I'm gonna go to like I would say like I'm gonna go to Canada just because my uncle was here mm. and then Canada seemed like a viable option right and I was like okay I'm gonna go to Canada and then uh, ever since that I was just like focused on coming here. Um, I did my grade 12. After that, you have to do like ex like English examination. I did that. And then uh, I started filling out like college applications. Um, I received the offer letter from SFU. And I did receive the offer letter from, um, I actually wanted to go to Victoria because it was just so beautiful on the island. And then mm. I really liked the idea of like, you know, coming back and forth with a ferry. Mm. I did um, receive the offer letter from uh, the university, University of Victoria. But that didn't happen because um, the relative I had here was on the lower mainland. So, okay. yeah, few kind of made sense. <clears throat> Yeah, and then I boarded a flight, and ever since I'm here. <laughs> when was that? Back in 2018. Okay, so fairly new. Fairly, yeah. I would be completing my fourth year this December. How's life in Canada? Did it exceed or did it not exceed your expectation? 
Um, <laughs> um, I would say like the first few months I was like really homesick. Um, mm. I missed everything about home. So um, when I say home, I technically do not mean that I missed India. I just miss the food. Um, mm. I just miss the atmosphere. I, I would like, I, I still remember like, you know, how my street smells, the mm. street, not the house, the street. And then uh, where's everything like in my locality so I just missed that surrounding so I I missed people I missed my family I missed food but I I just didn't miss the you know the um, space as a whole so because I would still find it here um, I didn't miss the traffic <laughs> I didn't miss um, uh, honking all the time like people like <laughs> shouting the, on the street the um, picking up a fight. I didn't miss that right but it was like really little things that I did miss um so I actually um went to India like after completing two years and while I was there I was like I need to go back like I don't know like I had something that was still like you know left in Canada mm. and I was just still a student, but I felt like I just need to go back to Canada because even after coming home, I didn't feel like home. And this mm. is such a, like, it's, it's a very, like, you know, this is a feeling I cannot put in words because I was like 19 when I left my home and moved to a brand new country where I didn't know enough people. Mm. And when I came back home back in 2020, um, it just didn't feel that I'm, home like of course I had my mother I had my brother I had my whole family but it it's it's still like it just didn't like you know fit in like maybe yeah. I was the wrong piece of a puzzle that just didn't fit in yeah because you're different now you know you saw yeah. the other side and then uh, I came back to Canada and I was like wow like the moment I stepped out of the airport I was like <sighs> like fresh air <laughs> It's just like little things that I did miss because yeah, and I, I, no, I, I see that. I see. I understand your, that feeling. And then there was like no blaring of horns on the time, like <laughs> on the highway or on the road. So, yeah, it was like no one's harassing pollution. you in the street. Yeah. So like noise pollution from here, it went down to here. Mm hmm. Exactly. I remember when I moved here. Back in '03, I after two years I went back to visit the Philippines, and I remember it when. So I, I felt the same thing. I came home. I was supposed to be there for a month. I think it was no four weeks. Yeah, same. I think I did the four weeks too. The third week, I was like, I'm done. I want to go back to Canada. So I was like, I, I I cannot handle this anymore. I can't, you know. So I went back home. I landed in BC. Mm -hmm. Because that's my entry point. And I always remember I was holding my card and I gave it to the custom uh, lady. And the lady said to me, welcome home. And then I said, I was just from home. Uh, that's mm -hmm. Philippines. And I was like, oh, this is my home now. Mm -hmm. It still took me a while to feel like Canada's home. It took me a while. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was just a weird thing. Did you have that experience too? Like, uh, so before that, I was like really homesick, right? So I went back to India because I was like so desperate. And while there, I was like, okay, this is not home. This doesn't feel like home. And then I came here. And after that, I was like, okay, like, you know, this is my life. Um, uh, every morning, I have to get up myself. I have to make myself ready. And this is it. Like, this is, this is that thing that I really wanted since mm. I was a kid. So, yeah. because a lot of times you, you you put like, you know, so much expectation into something that you haven't even experienced it. When I was like in grade, like I think 10, everybody would ask me, so um, uh, how's your prep going? Like for, you know, like English classes and everything. And did you apply to universities and everything? And I would be like very um, 
happy about it because you know I, w- I was doing something that most of the parents said no to their kids mm. like not every parent is like very comfortable sending their child to you know some first world country alone right mm. because you and i we come from third world countries and we have seen like you know a lot of um disruptive things going around us and when our parents take up the courage to send us alone it 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 feels like it just feels like you know they're losing a part of them mm-hmm. because they can't come with us and it was like i was like really proud and i was like you know i was so grateful for my parents to send me here and after i was homesick i was like you know i have to make it work like by any case like by hook or crook i have to make it i have to make it here i have to make it work this is the decision that i made and mm. i cannot regret it so amazing it's expensive to move to canada so your your family is probably doing okay in india yeah yeah so um we're comfortable i would say because um uh, we belong from a middle class family right mm. um uh, we're not super rich we're comfortable because um uh, ever since i was a kid um we would get everything from our parents like everything like it, it was like i was like better than the other families mm-hmm. because everything i and my brother asked it was like on the table for us and even sometimes like i still remember that uh, my dad he was a government employee at that time and uh, he would usually come around like 4 or 5 in the evenings after work and then you know he would call me and ask me like every day every day like before he came home and after he left work he would call me like hey um uh, do you guys need anything and then i was like you know oh, like i was always crazy about like stationeries and like <laughs> colors and paints and everything because i was Stickers. like really creative yeah and then uh, i would tell him like you know like go i i need to get this book or something and then uh, he would come home and then he would say oh you know like it was sold out and uh, um i i i couldn't find it and then like before i would go to sleep because i was like beaten up because you know i told him to get me something because mm. he asked he asked before and then he didn't get it because it was not there and then um uh, right before bedtime he would like you know pull out from the back and he would he would like yeah, hear it as and it was like so like you know it was just a moment at that time so i love this dude he, he's torturing <laughs> you i love him and then i still remember that uh, like um my dad um was a person that he wouldn't show much love like hmm. he was he was very introverted so he wouldn't show you that he loves you but i would say like you know the small things that he did for people it was it was like more than the words it was the actions yeah so i think um uh, one time i saw this book um uh, it was i think uh, 365 days of summer in which it had like um different activities for the season like winter summer fall and i think um spring it was like one more spring yeah and then uh, <laughs> uh i saw this in my school library and then uh, i issued the book i think for um two weeks because that was the period you can borrow it and uh, i told my father that you know i i want to get a book because back in the days we didn't used to have like internet or amazon <laughs> so i still remember that you know my father went to like every bookstore in our city and he tried to find that book but he couldn't mm. but i still like had so much respect for him because he would always carry that book in his bag every day so that after work he could go and find it so it was just like amazing like how he was like you know like um well, i can like you know i can like put my finger on that word but he was like very dedicated mm. to find that yeah you're a spoiled brat uh, people do say that i am spoiled but <laughs> um but i would say like but my parents raised me good i would no, say that no i know i know i'm just busting your balls 
It's uh, of yeah. course, you know, he's the you're the daughter and that is going to going to give you everything as you know, as much yeah. as it can, right? And I was like a good student. So, um I was like a scholar like mm -hmm. three consecutive years and my father would be like, you know, like full like he would be bursting up with pride and then no. Uh, even if I would ask him like something, it would it would always make sense that, you know, I'm asking for a thing and it would like be something that I needed, not like, oh, I need like um, this toy or I need mm. this, like, I don't know, like PS, PlayStation or something. No, I would like ask for like books or like um, stationery. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like reasonable. Mm, no, no, for sure, for sure. Let's go yeah. back to Canada. Yeah. When you came here. Other than obviously homesickness, did you have any culture shock story? Cultural shock? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any like you know, like there's situation that you're like, oh yeah, I'm not in Canada anymore. I'm not in India anymore. I'm in Canada now. Yes. Um. Actually, I was uh, I was a student back then. I was doing part time job. Um. So where I was doing part-time job, um, the hours, like, you know, they eventually decrease um, uh, when we move from, like, um, fall to winter because there's not enough, like, you know, work. So I, I was working in Home Depot at that time, and then my hours would decrease during winter because nobody's doing, you know, their projects. So mm. at that time, I was, uh, you know, really looking for something to work part-time and... Uh, I got my security license just because it was like really flexible and I would pick up ships whenever I wanted to. And then if I had like work or assignments, I wouldn't take up the ship. So um, I still remember it was like, I think daylight savings day or something like that. I still remember because we had a concert. I was working in Woke Theater um, down in Granville Street. So um uh, we had late 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 night concert, and then I think it ended with everybody like you know asking them to leave and everything. So I think it ended up like one one thirty ish, and then you know at two the clock changes, right? Mm. And then I was sitting like there's a night bus from Granville to Surrey Central, so it takes like about like uh, one and a half hour or two hours just in transit because it's nighttime and then the bus goes slow to every station right so um i i just remember that i was looking at my phone and then uh, the time changed from like two to three and i was like it was just 1 30 before now it's three <laughs> and i couldn't understand and i didn't even remember that it was like you know daylight savings time and then i reached home and i was walking down it was like 3 30 in the morning and I was just like walking down on the street and I thought to myself like you know if I was back in India this would not be happening like mm. my family wouldn't let me um work past 11 or 10 30 mm. and then I was like wow I'm, I'm I'm like you know I'm I'm in Canada because I don't have to worry about like you know i can go at night so that was the major cultural shock of course i know like there are crimes everywhere hmm. and then you don't know like you know who's hiding behind the bush no one's hiding yeah. in the bush no one no one's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but still you know you, you never know and i didn't hmm. carry like pepper spray or beer spray with me and i was like walking down the street going home so at that time, it really hit me that, wow, I don't need to like, you know, think all those things because I was still thinking if I was in India, this wouldn't be happening at mm. all, at any cost. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. You're going to end up somewhere and someone's going to drag you. Well, it is the possibility. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't think like family, like, um, like my family or, you know, like families of my friend would let their kids be like out of home, like past midnight. Mm -hmm. yeah. You said you were working as security 
Yes. Was there like a training that you had to do? Did you have to do like jump through ropes? <laughs> or I said security, just... not like army. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, it's like you, I don't know. What, um, do you, no. what did you have to do? I was like very lucky actually. Um, uh, so long story short, um, I applied to like so many security companies and then uh, they were like, oh, like, you know, like um, how you're going to handle people because I am like, what, 411? They were like, okay. And they were to reject me. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm still cute. <laughs> so um, uh, this company hired me. And then it was like even security. So all I had to do was like check bags and then uh, enjoy free concert and stand-up comedy. And I got a chance to like meet Julia Michaels, um, uh, Conan Gray, and Boney M. Can you imagine? Nice. Not bad. Yeah, so, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's the whole thing that I had to do. What was the I most, uh, let's say, other than those three people, mm-hmm. was, the, was there a band that you were like, man, I'm so lucky I met this band? Band? Um, I, I didn't take up much shifts. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so I, I I used to work at Vogue, and then we had our different location. It was down in Capilano Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it challenging for you to make friends? Um, I, I wouldn't say that, because I am a little bit of introvert. Mm. Um, I am very quiet um, with people that I don't know. And once I'm like, you know, once I'm like very warm around them, I'm comfortable, I start speaking. Like I would I would like start speaking back and forth. So I'm like kind of like in between, like ambiward. Hmm. I am really shy, but yeah, I like it's something that I like because I am like usually quiet in the situations where I need to be. Hmm. And I'm crazy, like when I know like, okay, this is like a group of people that I can meet you know, comfortable mm. with. Yeah. So I would say, like, not really. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Most of your friends, are they South Asians or Indians, or are they a mixture? I would say they're a mix. Nice. Because um, uh, a lot of people, they mistakenly take me as um, Hispanic. You do have a little bit of, like, Hispanic look. I'm Brazilian, and then they would like, uh, hola, amiga, and no, uh, <laughs> I, I can't, and sometimes I do think that I am Hispanic, but I'm whitewashed, right, because they're like, why you're not speaking Spanish, or why you're, why you're not speaking Portuguese, and I'm like, because I am neither of them, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, so yeah, most of the time it happens that I'm whitewashed, and I'm Hispanic, and I'm like, you no, know, uh, both of those things, they're not like, they do not match up my um, origin. So, yes, I'm Indian. I'm from South Asia, born and brought up in Delhi. And then they're like, oh, my God, but, like, your English is so good. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, like, thanks to Disney and thanks <laughs> to, like, Snow White and, <laughs> like, you know, Tinkerbell, because those are the shows that I watched. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I used to watch those shows. That did you always want to speak English? Um. Yeah. And and the you know the good thing is like, um, I really picked up the accent very quickly. Hmm. So I didn't have to like you know work so much about it, and uh, because I think a lot of people what they think is like if you have like you know friends from this region or like if you have Canadian friends then you're gonna pick up the accent but it, it wasn't in my case because um we had like a lot of people around me and then they were from mixed immigrant culture mm-hmm. but I I still like picked up the accent so my accent is like mixed up everything it's not like particularly Canadian it's not like British it's not um like heavy South Asian accent it's, it's just like a mix of everything yeah same here. I, I I I I'm like that too. Like I mix them up. I dep- and also it depends on who I talk to. 
So if I have, I'm speaking to like, you know, Caucasian Canadians, I usually speak the way they speak. If I'm with my uh, hood friends, I speak a little bit hoodish. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but yeah, like I find I, there are some words though that I take pride on like, oh, this is going to be a Filipino word and I'm going to go hard on this one. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I ex- I put that extra spice on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do the same thing? When I'm talking to my friends back in uh, India. Mm. Um, wow. Well, so it's, it's basically like, so this is like <laughs> very like um, hilarious because um, even back in India, we do speak in English and then we do speak in Hindi. So it's basically like Hinglish, like mm. mixed up Hindi and English. And it's like very common in our generation. Mm. In what ways do you think immigration has helped you improve as a human being? Um, you know, Erin, um, I would say that a lot of people like label immigration as something like, um, I would mm-hmm. say like difficult, um, uh, you need support. Um, it needs like a family to, you know, go through um, through the immigration process and everything. But, you know, in my case, I still remember that um, I did get rejected once um, back in 2018 August. And then um, I don't know what my like agent did with my papers or anything like that. But um, I did manage to like, you know, do every paperwork that I needed for the immigration. I did everything on my own. So I made my own file. So um, I did everything on my own. And back then I was like, what, 18 that time. And then all those documents I prepared myself and I take real pride in doing it because it shaped me into an individual that would like later on take more responsibilities because, you know, Canadian immigration is is a big thing because um, being the first kid going out of the family um, into a new setting um, takes up a lot of courage. But I would say that, you know, those small things that I started doing right before um, wow. really helped me so when I came here um, I I actually like I didn't know like how to take a bus or how to make a bus stop because mm. um, back in India um, I have never really traveled in public transit buses like mm-hmm. the the only bus I traveled was my school bus right and the driver would know where my home is so he would like actually stop at the bus stop but um, here I didn't know and then uh, I had to like ask people like how does it work I had to like google stuff mm. and then uh, before anything like before doing anything for the first time I would go on YouTube I would watch the videos Um, uh, how is it like I would watch the videos like how to cross a road because we don't have like you know those buttons <laughs> back home so I actually had to see like okay like how do I need to like do this thing like you know like because I didn't want to look like you know like I'm like helpless or I didn't know stuff so I just and the the thing about me is like I just like to feel prepared I Hmm. want to know exact thing what I'm gonna be going through Hmm. and even like, you know, even when I was coming from India, um, I, I I didn't travel by myself. So I didn't know, like, you know, what you have to do. Like, the first time I ever traveled um, by an aircraft was when I came here. So I had to do, like, okay, you have to go. You have to get your ticket. Then you have to go for a security check. Then you have to go to your gate. You mm-hmm. have to give your passport and ticket. But I didn't know. And I still remember that I was, like, writing down in my diary, like, you know, the flow chart. What I have to do because I like to write down things. So I had like my whole airport itinerary prepared. Hmm. So yeah, and then it was like so funny. And then one time I remember that there was this bus. It was like old bus. Um, uh, it only had you know those yellow cables. So 
that one but the new ones they have like a button and uh, in the mm-hmm. video it's like the man pressed the button and how h- i'm gonna do it and then i asked like an old lady like you know like uh, i'm getting off next stop but like how do i tell the driver she was like just pull the yellow cable and i was like wow like cable <laughs> like you know you just like you just pull the cable down like, yeah yeah a whole new experience I know that for the listeners in Canada, uh, the old buses, at least, they used to have this cable that runs from the front to the back. And if you right. want to stop to the next stop, you have to pull the bus, like how Tanya says, and it'll just make a ding and the bus driver knows when to stop. Because I don't know in India, but in the Philippines, we just yell. Yeah, and that was like so funny. But like you know, I didn't, I didn't want to sound like, um, I didn't want to sound like, like a girl just came from a village and doesn't know anything and randomly yelling at the driver. So <laughs> yeah, like it, it hey, would be like, so awkward. Yeah, I would, I would, I would feel the same thing, man. Like I, what I used to do was I will just sit there and watch people. Yep. Whatever they do, that's what I do too. Yeah. Like, and you know, we're basically relying on our instincts. Like, mm. we're watching. So it's like observational behavior and what other people are doing. And then just for your own survival, you do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Even if they're jumping off the road, you're going to do it just because you watched it. <laughs> I don't know about jumping off the road, but... <laughs> <laughs> just like um, a scenario. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Don't jump off the road. Don't no, jump don't, don't off do the that. bridge. It's not cool. <laughs> For people that is planning on migrating, what mm-hmm. would you tell them to expect and what advice would you give them? I think the the best advice from my side would be don't um, over-expect and don't under-expect. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people from... Our countries that think like, oh, wow, like, you know, you're living in Canada. Like, have you saved that $1 million? Are you driving that red Ferrari? <laughs> like, do you sleep a bed full of like dollar bills? Like when you talk back home and you're like, no, I'm just like, you know, like, oh, I'm at work. I'm at work. Like, oh, I'm just busy at work. And then they're like, you're always at work. You must do something like, you know, really important. And I think it's very hard to make them understand that the life is like, it it doesn't stop at all. Like it is very fast. Hmm. And then you have to do everything on your own. Even if you have a family here, I would say, still everything is like so fast, like Hmm. so fast. And then people back home, they just think like, you know, we're, we're swimming in a billion dollar lake, which is <laughs> not the case. And they're like, oh, they're going to come home. You know, they're going to bring like Gucci, Louis, mm. and then uh, those, you know, Prada, Snickers. And it, it, it's not the case. Like mm. we pour our blood, sweat and tears and make that money. And it's not going in that luxurious brand that you were mentioning. Mm. So, you know, like, um, I, I do remember my friends were like, oh, can you bring that, you know, like MAC lipstick? And I was like, yes. And I did take the smaller, like, you know, this uh, pocket. And I was like, I'm not buying you. <laughs> a box. <laughs> like the whole, yeah, like they, they wanted like a whole makeup box. And I was like, uh-uh. Like I am still an international student. I still need to pay my bills. Like you should be glad enough that I did get you something. <laughs> I know that's so weird. Let's change topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you said you were a concierge. Yes. So what's a concierge and what's the day-to-day situation there? So um, imagine uh, you're moving in the you're moving in the building, right? And uh, there's usually like the front desk hmm. where um a person sits and then it directs you where to go, how to pay your fees, how to book, how to book a gym, how to book another amenities in the building. We would like do your account details, like general day-to-day help. 
So you can call us anytime and ask for any question, including the very um, silly questions, I would say. So, yeah. But I, I do love my job. Um, it's something that, you know, I, I love working there. Um, the residents, they're like always so sweet, so nice. So, yeah, like that's the one thing that I like about my job is that it's like directly related with the people. Mm. So. How do you get into that work? Um, I'm glad that you asked, but because um, uh, in 2020, I finished my um, degree um, and then I was like, you know, looking for um, full-time positions that would help me for getting my um, permanent residence here. So it, it, it had to be like a supervisory role or something like a knock B. So I used to apply 25 resumes every day on Indeed. 25. Oh God. 25 without any single mistake, 25 a day. And I still remember that I would like, you know, like apply a lot and then I wouldn't hear back. Hmm. And then just like a follow up questions, I would like send them email like, hey, how how are you? Um, I just sent my resumes like a couple of weeks ago. I just wanted to follow up, like, you know, where's the process or mm -hmm. if the company is still looking to hire people mm -hmm. and they sometimes, sometimes they would reply back and sometimes um, they wouldn't. So, yeah. And then uh, this Monday I was going to my shift back in Home Depot um, and I received a call while I was in Skype train and, uh, they asked me, like, would you be available today at, like, this and this time for a call interview? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then um, I did the interview on WhatsApp or, yeah, I did it on WhatsApp with the main person, the hiring manager. And then I got hired the same day. Like, nice. I did all my three interviews within the same day. Really? Yes, and then the next day I was working in a brand new building and that happened to be in UBC. So I was in Surrey and then I had to travel to UBC and it's like one and a half hours. So, so three hours, like, you know, in commuting. But um, I loved my job there and it was like, it, it like changed me as a person because what I was doing in Home Depot is like very different because you're ringing up people, you're um, like, you know, like you're checking them out and then that that's all because like customers come, you check them out and yep, end of the story. But like while I was a concierge, you, you build on that, you know, like those relationships that they would see you every day and it's more like, you know, you're, you're reading their behavior and then you build onto that going mm. forward so yeah I like made amazing friends from uh, that UBC community and then uh, I think after like two months or something I got promoted for the head concierge role congratulations and, thank you and then um that position the role um in the building was like closer to my home so it was in Brentwood mm. And I had a team of five people, six including me. And then my responsibility was to support them, help them, teach them to do things like daily tasks every day and also mm. like supervise them, coach them. So um, I think that position really helped me um, with my leadership skills. And then um, it would also like, you know, help me in a lot of things because um, everyone, the management company and everybody, like they would, they would be like, okay, like, you know, um, like, um, address this to Tanya or like approach her because we did have a, we did have like a supervisor there, but like everybody would be like, oh, Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. And then I think it really brought out my responsibility mm -hmm. because I was the face, I was the face of the building there. Mm. Do you get tips? Um, no, but we do get like gifts. So, um, gift cards, um, 
and uh, chocolates, mm -hmm. drinks, free Starbucks like every other day. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's a great day for like while you're working? <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, there's like, um, there's like little girl in my building. Um, her name is Lily. She must be like three or four, I guess. And she's like so full of life. Um, uh, like bless her. Um, and she's so cute. And every time that she would come, she would like always hug me. And then if I had someone brand new, like who I'm like, you know, um, training today, she would also hug them regardless of the fact that she doesn't know them at all. Mm -hmm. And she would like hug and she would like show her outfit like, oh, I'm wearing Disney. <laughs> and the best part is she loves Disney as mm. well. So she would have like the um, uh, jacket with a hood and uh, the whole like Mickey Mouse clubhouse printed on her back. And then she would have like, you know, her shoes, like sparkle toes and everything. So, yeah. And I think the best part is that watching that little girl. And mm. now that I'm not working there, because I just moved up to the assistant supervisor role and I don't visit um, that building often because mm. I still have to go like, you know, different places all the time. And mm. I just miss that because it, it's just something because you're already having a bad day, imagine. Like, you know, it's you have like a lot of work to do and then she comes and she gives you a hug. You're like in a better place. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Anyone hits on you? Um, um in the building? Yeah. Um, a couple, but <laughs> no, not that much because you know a lot of people they do say that I am very professional when I dress up. They don't mm -hmm. think like I'm I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm like um early twenties. They they when I talk to people and when I address issues, they they feel like you know I'm I'm older, so so they don't they don't take a chance to um mess it up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you're still pretty. Of course, they're gonna okay. men are men. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times that um I have come across when people mention that you're intimidating, and I'm like, do I radiate <laughs> that that I'm intimidating? Yeah. Well, because you're acting, well, you're not acting like you are professional, you know, like you said. So people, mm -hmm. some people sometimes uh, mistake, mistake that for, you know, being cold, perhaps, mm -hmm. or maybe perhaps being, you know, uh, intimidating, like you said. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very... I'm very precise and straightforward. Like, um, if there's something and they have an issue mm -hmm. and they have, like, crazy requests, if they're being reasonable, for sure, I would go, like, out of my way and help them. But if they're just being mean and not thinking about just, like, anybody else, just for the sake of doing it for themselves, I would be, like... Um, very precise and mm -hmm. tell them right away that I will not entertain this request. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because I think sometimes my um, colleagues, they do have a hard time dealing with people who are, you know, a little bit, I would say that they don't understand when you're telling them something that it is not allowed. And then I tell them that, hey, sir, that, you know, we're here to enforce the rules and the bylaws. We're not the one who made them. We're just here to enforce them. Mm -hmm. So you just need to put them in a different perspective, how oh. you are portraying things and how he's taking it or they're taking it. So you just have to like, you know, it's just, I think, a way of telling people no politely. Yeah. And stop saying like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's... A to make it short, it's you don't take no shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. You know, the guy says, "Hey, can we? Can I do this?" I'm like, "No, dude, get out of here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's change it a little bit. You mentioned that you have a diary. You still write every day. Diary? Um, yeah. You're... No, like, uh, of course I do have a journal. 
Um, that's what I mean. A journal, a diary. That's journal the same thing. is basically like um, what I call is a planner. So okay. I have my planner with days and everything. My it would have my to do list and then uh, whatever things that um, trivial things that I need to do for the weekend mm-hmm. or some thought that came through and it was like amazing like uh, this little brain can think something like that right mm-hmm. and then i would also have like oftentimes i would be like you know oh i have this video idea and i would just jot it down and the i think it is it is something that i always wanted to do i always wanted to like you know do my own videos and content but i have like pushed it like you know pushed it the further way down the road oh when I would have more time I would do it and I haven't done anything except um a couple of videos that I made with my roommate so that's that but yeah you mentioned earlier you write things a lot so you don't have a diary it's more of like just a planner planner yeah journal yeah so it's Mm. like a book where I do like everything. Like I would also have, so um, I would also write down my expenses, monthly yeah. budget. Mm-hmm. And that is the good habit that I learned from my father because he would write it down at the end of the day what he spent money on. So milk this much, um, whatever, like the smallest thing, like, you know, like, um, yeah. So like my dad would always write like, you know, how much do we spend on that? Like how much do we, spent on groceries or whatever because he would have like you know how much he has spent in 15 days or one month every day he does this every day he would do it yes i have no time for that shit i know but like you know that is something that i learned from him and i would kid you not that thing actually helped me Mm. because when i moved out um on my own, I still had to figure out how I'm going to do my rent, um, how I'm going to do my groceries, how much um, cash flow do I have, and how much is going out of my pocket, and how mm. much I am saving for my emergency fund. So I think, you know, like what my dad used to do, now I'm actually like practically using it. And it has helped me a lot. Like, for sure, you can download some app for um, noting down your purchases and everything. But I think, like, when you actually write things down, it, you know, it kind of makes sense because you would know that, oh, like, you know, I spent $30 and, like, I spent $30, like, for the past five days. Like every day I would spend $30 and it was just like what on McDonald's or Tim Hortons. And it would like actually make sense because you just need to do groceries and you need to do meal prep. So those little things would actually make a lot of sense Hmm. like in a large period of time. Yeah. I mean, budgeting is so important. It's the one thing I, I thought my kids like, yo, they're still young, but I'm like, Hey, this is what you have to learn. Because you this is so kids? important. Yes, I have. I have two. Wow. I think we're there. So before we close out, do you have any last remarks or anything you want to say or add? I think um, people should should actually step out their homes and, you know, go to do things that they actually want to because Back in 2018, I didn't see a lot of my friends from school coming here or going to states or U.S., whatever. I mean, U.K. Um, but now I see a lot of like people that I knew from school texting me and asking me, like, you know, like, uh, just tell me whatever you did. And I was like, I was just like, at one point, I was like, so frustrated. I was like, one question, five dollars. Two question, seven dollars. <laughs> because I was like, I am giving like so much time, like you know, telling people what to do, mm-hmm. and it was just like a joke. But like, yeah, like I would see, like you know, a lot of people are pursuing going out and you know, like from their comfort zones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Awesome. 
again, Tanya, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I mean, it, it, it's a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Ciao, adios. <laughs> again, Tanya, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Doliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.